What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Not Rocket Science. I'm your host, Sean. How are you guys doing today? Probably better than me. Yep. Yet again, I have been zapped by the sick bug, and I got myself a hell of a cold. Again. Again. That makes... Two times in the past, mm, say, 30, 35 days where I've been completely destroyed by some BS cold, cough, sore throat, head cold, etc. type of deal. And uh, my girlfriend got it too, so we're both kind of down and out right now. Um, Not fun, not fun. Yet another reason why I hate cold weather in New York City. Because, well, I mean, everything's on water, so just the cold itself kind of sucks, period. But then um, on top of that, the uh, overwhelming reliance on the subway system and then the amount of people that try to pack the subways when it's this cold out, it's just more people just sitting in there, cramming in, and going, because <coughs> there's always a few of those on every car. On every car, there is some shithead with a really bad cough just hacking away right next to you usually. And get, sometimes on rush hour, during rush hour, the trains get so packed that you're just sardine canned in with people, and you know the person next to you has a cold because you actually feel their chest compressing and their shoulders. Like, you could tell they're trying to hold it in. And it's just, like, such a gross thing. We should not be that intimate with other strangers. Because you can just feel the battle of uh, respiratory issues going on in someone's chest cavity when you're packed so close in with them on the train you can feel them just like flexing their lungs in and out. It's so disgusting. But that has happened to me twice this week. And I was like outstanding. And then on Friday, so Thursday, I had a company outing. Had a couple drinks, nothing crazy. Um, And then I went home. When I got home, I started feeling really just like weak, basically. Just like weak. Uh, like a tiny, tiny sore throat thing in the back of my head, but nothing crazy. Not back of my head, back of my throat. Uh, but nothing crazy. I didn't feel like super sick or anything. And then I woke up the next day and, ugh, it was all there. All the symptoms were there. Really bad sore throat. Runny nose. Felt like death. Uh, still went to work. That probably wasn't the smartest idea. And, uh, yeah, now 
I am sick. I spent this whole weekend inside my apartment. Not doing as much as I hoped, to be honest. Uh, Playoff football's on, so at least I have that. Chiefs won yesterday. I'm rooting for the Chiefs. I need to see a change in the Super Bowls. I feel like it's the same seven teams. It'd be cool to see the Chiefs do it. Looked really good yesterday. Cowboys and uh, the Rams played last night. Rams overwhelmed them. Overwhelmed them a bit. So you got the Chiefs and the Rams now. I think uh, other games on right now. Patriots, Chargers. Yep. Patriots are winning as I do this podcast on a nice Sunday in. Um, we'll see. Didn't watch a lot of NFL this year, but hey, it's playoff time, baby. Um, all right, what else? What else have I been up to? Oh, so I used to do full episodes around this stuff. I don't anymore, but CES conference is going on right now. For those of you who do not know, it is one of the biggest tech conferences of the year. International CES, it's in... Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the it's the Consumer Technology Association's big conference. Um, but it's an opportunity for tech companies to kind of just flaunt their stuff and uh, showcase their latest and greatest. I've been casually following it. Uh, not too hard. I actually had a business meeting at my job with someone who I'm working with for a product and my company, um, he's there right now. He looked wiped. Like he had a very uh Vegasy night the night before, perhaps. I don't know. But uh seems like it's kind of the same stuff again every year. New TVs, micro LED TVs, I think five G was kind of the big splashy new technology they were showcasing. Eight K is still not a practical thing yet from what I'm hearing um I saw something for a rollable tv which is pretty cool LG came out with a rollable like big screen tv um so I guess that's kind of like the next iteration on a projector it's like a wallpaper tv I think is what they're calling it um google maps now has a virtual assistant uh there's like a smart home gear it's kind of the big craze and then uh, alexa and google home integration with smart home devices seems to be one of the major trends Jeez, you can hear my voice right now right i am sick but there still seems to be this kind of battle between amazon and google over which will be the dominant home electronic assistant so no one's picking sides yet but uh that battle's ensuing and smart home devices are integrating. I saw a smart toilet. Out of all the devices, that was the one that caught my attention. You know, it's a smart toilet. So you can have uh you know, take smart shits, I guess. I don't know. Let's see, wait. I'm just going on the verge real quick. Found it. I bookmarked it, so I cheated. Um Kohler Numi two point intelligent toilet. I'm going to read you guys the blurb real quick. Do you ever fantasize about a smart toilet complete with mood lighting and the surround sounds of birds chirping? Then CES has you covered. The Kohler Numi 2.0 intelligent toilet might fulfill 
most people's toilet fantasies. It's Alexa-enabled, so you can command it to flush or read the news while you're hands-free. Color promises a fully immersive experience, and the bidet helps you with that. <laughs> you can add it on a seat warmer, and at the base of it, the swirling colors can match any gamer's RGB setup. CES has often been about outdoing the competition by adding voice assistant to an extravagant appliance and the smart toilet captures that spirit to the nth degree. Written by Shannon Liao. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, how freaking lazy do we have to be as a society to mass consume this thing? Um, seems kind of sweet. I can't lie. But it looks like something out of Tron, by the way. It has, like, Tron lights on the back of it. Kind of looks like a really uh, minimalistic but well-designed washing machine, maybe? Uh, I don't know. Looks a little too boxy. doesn't look very inviting as a toilet. Like, if I had to piss hard, like take a hard piss, and I go into this bathroom, I'd be a little thrown off. I wouldn't know what to do at first. It also is in a showroom in this picture, so it's a little too pretty. But, uh, I don't know. Maybe this is a wave. But, like, smart toilets, or at least toilets that are a lot more fancier than what we in the States are used to have existed for decades already in Japan. Um, when I went to Japan, I saw all that stuff. And it's cool. It's cool. I think, though, it freaks out the average person here on the Western Hemisphere. I think people just want utilitarian simplicity when it comes to their toilets. I don't know if they want all this fancy-pantsy stuff, um, but I don't know. Yeah, I just want to talk about smart toilets when it comes to CES. I don't really care about the rest of the stuff. I get it. New phones, new TVs where you can see your face clearer and see all the acne scars. I get it. Bigger, better. I just don't care about most of the stuff, to be honest with you. I really don't. I th- I feel like HDTV is at the point where, like, you don't. I don't want to see half of that. If you go on some show where some lady is, like, 40-something trying to cling on to her youth, covered in makeup, obviously had a bunch of Botoxes, it looks terrible. You see all the little nooks and crannies and little, like, places that were worked on and you just, I don't want to see that I don't want to see that I want to say oh she looks good for 44 I don't want to see all these little things that you pick up with super high def 4k TVs eventually 8k TVs Ugh. see all like the dead skin cells on top of the face if you haven't moisturized it I don't want to see all that I don't want better vision I want vision that I have now on people on my TV that's it. Rant ended. So that's CES conference, everybody. Check it out on a real tech blog if you want to know more. TechCrunch and The Verge have been covering it in depth the past few days. So they're a better resource than me. Um, so that's not the point of today's show, but I just wanted to throw it out there. It's a major tech event happening right now. I figured I'd just bring it up at the very least, you know, just to be polite. But not my thing. Not really my thing.
I stay up to date. That's about it. What I want to talk about today is my... I've been kind of uh, treating myself as a test dummy of sorts, and I've been diving in headfirst to the very interesting, to say the least, world of digital marketing and home entrepreneurship. Um, Basically, that's that thing you see like on certain websites where it's like make whatever from home and laptop lifestyle, blah, 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 right? And then you click on some link and it takes you to some poorly ass designed, what's what I now know is called a squeeze page, where they try to do email capture and it just look and it gives you some video of like watch how this grandma from Florida um, has in, quickly made a hundred thousand dollars per month doing this thing, whatever. You know those types of uh, those types of sites. I've been thinking of um, financially a way to make more passive income get a second stream going, um, preferably something that's computer-based, technology-based, but maybe not user experience-based exactly, but kind of in the same uh, broad-based spectrum where I'm working on websites to some capacity or something like that. So I was like, all right, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to sign up to all the email lists, so all these like scummy-ass websites, and just see what happens. I'm just basically test it out, see what happens, see if any of these things are somewhat legit and they're just getting um, compromised by their design of their website to make them look more scammy than they actually are, or vice versa. Maybe they're the biggest scams of all time and their websites are just following suit, basically. Uh, So I just did it as an experiment. I signed up to a bunch of lists, not to my primary email, a couple of them to my primary email, but most of them to my secondary email from when I was 11 years old. Uh, and I wanted to do this just as an experiment to see if any of these things are legit because someone's making money off this and I'm wondering if it's anyone more than just the person in charge or if it's one of these things where there was a bubble and you can get in and now it's closed and you're not going to make any money if you do these programs but uh, it's really interesting I found the whole experience so far pretty scummy but also pretty interesting um the way they sell you things, their copywriting skills. These digital marketers are good with sales copy. They really go for the emotional angle and trying to connect with you. The copy is very long form, which is interesting because in the user experience, it's more t- about being short and direct um, to the point, not like telling a narrative and trying to emotionally establish a connection in a long form kind of way the way a lot of these guys do. But what's interesting is I found this website called clickfunnels.com. Some dude named Russell Brunson, who's a big-time marketer, started it. It's basically an all-in-the-box software package for creating your own websites and your own funnels. So a funnel, a click funnel, or a sales funnel, is basically when you see an ad for, like, make, you know, $50,000 two days a week, whatever. You click on it, you get their email, or you give them your email, I should say. And then it takes you to a page to upsell you. Then it starts giving you emails from the guy whose company it is every day, every day. It's called this email script. 
So there's an email script and a click funnel. And all it is is basically a very meticulously designed way to get you to eventually convert by handholding you over the course of time, maybe like six days, seven days. Um, so I, I signed up to learn about click funnels on certain sites and then also uh, email scripts, which is a big one. And there's like all these sites now that have these ads. It's like the six step playbook that led to massive 200 plus percent conversion. Um, we'll give you the whole email script here to download free. Blah, blah, blah. And I did get the script. They're not bullshitting. You do get a script, but it's not obviously so bulletproof where you can just throw it in there and you're going to get conversion right away. Um, and then the click funnels thing. The site just looks awful. I was showing my boss at work, and the design of it is looks straight out of 2011, basically. There's just words, pictures, everything crammed on this shitty kind of like beige background color. And the whole thing just looks scammy. Like, I want to be a consultant for these guys. Be like, hey, man, let me update your website. Make you not look like you're stuck in the dark ages here, because this looks bad. AF just looks scammy at this point but I dug even deeper and tried to find out more about these like money making one man businesses and I got into the affiliate marketing world check that out woof woof is that bad so I think most of you probably know what affiliate marketing is by now but basically for those of you who do not it just means you promote something on your web page or email list and uh, if someone clicks on the link you have for your affiliate product you make a commission if they buy off of you uh, pretty simple it's just you uh, you promote something someone in your fan base or your audience buys someone else's product that you're promoting through you you get a percentage um, but that world is super scummy. So the holy grail of affiliate marketing is this website called clickbank.com and it looks straight out of 1990 nah, all right, 2006 maybe. And what's kind of funny about it is they actually redid their homepage. So their homepage looks sort of kind of recent, but when you go to the affiliate marketplace, it looks like Amazon from the early 2000s, basically. It just looks terrible, dated, but that's what everyone uses to figure out um, which affiliate marketing products are selling, which which to promote, basically. Um, that is kind of like their holy grail. So I went to it, I checked it out, and automatically when I saw this page, I was like, nope, not doing this. This is scummy. And then the other thing I realize is when it comes to these products, these like how to make money through marketing products that are like ebooks, PDFs, videos, etc. They're all a fucking waste of money. They're all a waste of money because none of them are worth the cost. And what they do is they try to sell you by saying this whatever product normally sells for $2,000, but right now a limited time offer for only $150, right? That is a very typical upsell that you get or primary sell that you get when you go down one of these 
ClickFunnels. But it's all fake because A, there's nothing external that's declaring the worth of that product as $2,000. They just made that up. There's nothing, there's no actual evidence that, the, that it should cost that much money. And then um, the whole like extreme discount for a limited time thing, that is a step in a sales funnel. That is part of the script or the path that they walk you down. And to have that deal there on that page is on purpose. And it'll just rotate again and again and again and again and again in and out of cycle. But that is a step in their funnel, which is really just a user flow. On my end, I call all these things user flows. User flow is just a flow of taking a user through something. But what's interesting is the different dynamic that is considered important when talking about digital marketing versus user experience. And user experience is all about the user getting to where they're trying to go, whereas in click funnels and sales funnels, it's about taking a user and persuading them to go where you want them to go. And it's a funnel because you're just drilling down, 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 going from a wide net to a concentrated net, um, and then eventually a sale. But these extreme discounts that you see where it's like normally this costs $1,500. We're selling it to you for $25. That is part of an email script. That is part of a sales funnel, click funnel, whatever you want to call it. It is not real. The price is not actually worth that much. They probably do for a limited time or a limited part of the year sell it for that much. But that price is bullshit. It is such bullshit. None of those books are really worth that much. Don't fall for it. And if you actually research most of these products, you'll get reviews saying how much of a ripoff they are. And the thing is with affiliate marketing, it is such an oversaturated market now. There's so many people doing it. I find it very hard to believe that you can make a good like living off of it at this point. Um, it was kind of the new wave back in like 2012, 2011, 2010 that era but now it's kind of old and stale and only works if you have a massive following and a massive amount of trust with your following or your following has with you i should say um, but the days of just getting into that real quick and making a killing are over um and for the most part in general i found most of the stuff totally useless fairly scammy I think it could work for some people who pick the right niche, but I think picking the right niche is half the battle. And then the other thing I found interesting is I, I downloaded all these ebooks and guides on how to build your online whatever business, fitness business, affiliate marketing business, uh, whatever. And what's funny is no one, they spend so little time on building the actual product. It's like in the ebook, there'll be one chapter of how to create your product and then like eight chapters on how to sell it and i just found that hilarious because when in all the chapters when it comes to how to sell your product they just assume it's like all right you have this killer product that people are gonna love and it's like dude you spent one chapter describing on how to even do that and it was like a very basic way it wasn't even in depth at all Um, i downloaded this one ebook about creating a fitness business online and honestly, the book was really good from the sales point of view. And it was free, by the way. So judging it as a free book, if it was a paid book, I'd be a lot more critical. 
but it was pretty much free. I spent one dollar on shipping. That was it. It was a real book. It wasn't an ebook. And uh, the sales stuff was very good, but they just assume so much that it's like, all right, you created this killer product that we spent thirteen pages on on this tiny little book the size of a pamphlet explaining on how to execute correctly when it comes to the creation of your product, which is the main point. So it's so funny like how the world that I that I'm in kind of gets flipped upside down when I look at this stuff because all I work on is product design, like building the actual thing, not how to sell it at all. And now this thing actually has been this thing, this endeavor of diving into this digital marketing world has been very informal to me because it shows the other side where it's like 90% sell, 10% the product itself. But I don't get how anyone can read any of these ebooks and like create something valuable when they're looking at one chapter of just basic instructions on how to create a product. It's like find your niche and then it's like uh come up with three or 50 ideas of like within that niche how you can sell your own interesting angle and it's like you know fitness so put together 18 like they don't go into depth about your strategy on how you put your workouts together how to make your product most complete it's like have a workout have a diet guide have a it's like the same crap that anyone else has but nothing in depth about how to make your thing stand out other than pick your niche. So that was my one like, oh geez moment when it comes to looking at this stuff. Um, and then I also looked at like Facebook ads, solo ads, which is not based on Google or Facebook. And then Google ads and some of these gurus like this, like Billy Jean is marketing guy. And then half hour into that, I was like, oh geez, this is, this is just scammy as hell. Um, whenever anyone at this point does the Ty Lopez thing, where it's like some promo video to sell you something, and they're in a beach house or in front of a luxury car, automatic click out. Automatic click out. That is the scummiest thing you can possibly do from a marketing standpoint. It's like, how shallow do you think we are? Um, so that stuff was totally scammy, totally scumbaggy. I didn't really pay that much attention to it. Um, but I did start listening to this one dude, this guy Igor Kivets, I think his name is. He has a podcast on list building, email list building, which is a big deal in the marketing world. The bigger your email list is, the bigger your reach. And the bigger your reach, the more potential customers you'll have, right? Makes sense. So... This guy, Igor Kovets, he has a podcast called List Building Lifestyle that I listen to. And honestly, it goes way more in-depth than a lot of these ebooks, so I actually appreciate it. Um, he'll have some marketing guy on, and they'll deep dive a bit. They'll deep dive on why Facebook ads don't work anymore, which is sort of... It's not true, but for somebody who isn't part of a big enterprise company, his point is very valid in that the cost to spend on Facebook is so high that you're already kind of in the hole when it comes to your returns that sometimes when from like from scratch, it's not really worth it compared to solo, solo ads, which I know very little about, but that was this guy's whole thing. Um, 
But the other thing I found interesting is I was listening to one podcast on about webinars as a marketing tool. And it's just so funny, the mentality between, like, somebody on the UX product design side and the marketing side again. Because when it came to webinars, there was this discussion about how they – when it comes to these webinars, you do live ones, but then you re-air them again and again to new audiences. But you just basically <clears> – <throat> excuse me. You basically just say, oh, I have this webinar Thursday. Join it to learn this thing. People sign up and then – you might be in the live one, but you also might be in the uh, automated replay of the live one. And they were talking about how people sometimes get really upset when they can tell that the webinar isn't live. And their whole thing is like, it doesn't matter. The content's the same. So I usually like just block those people because those people don't have what it takes to succeed anyway. Because they just want to complain about everything. Blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, what the fuck? Are you kidding me, dude? Like... I guess because I stare at interfaces all day. If you don't say that it's a non-live webinar, but you design the interface or you use software that designs the interface as if it's live, like if you can't go and rewind it or stop it and start it, like if there's no controls on the video, for example, and you put it into a user interface that makes it look and feel like a live event, but it's not a live event, that's what people have a problem with. It's not the fact of whether it's live or not, you're right, but it's are you presenting it like it's live when it's not? Because that's a trust thing. You're already fucking with your potential customer's trust. Why should they trust you when you're saying a webinar and it's just a replay video? You know what I mean? So it's like that kind of thing that I constantly see over and over again with these digital marketing guys that I just find very interesting. It's a totally different mentality, totally different mindset. And uh, I don't know. I feel like there's opportunity for this kind of world and the world of actual like user research, user experience to kind of merge in some way. I don't think it's going to merge really because of the people involved, people who are in the UX, they don't, like wasting their time on these kinds of things. They like to solve problems through technology, you know, eventually be the next Uber, the next Facebook, the next whatever. Whereas this is kind of like a business opportunity kind of thing. It's it's just hustling, really. All it is is just hustling online. Um, so that was like my main takeaway when it came to that stuff. But the 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 podcast is interesting. I like to listen to it just from an interest standpoint, not like, building my master strategy for my online business. Um, but I do find it very interesting. And where all this stems from is I was listening to another podcast called Tropical MBA that's really kind of well-known in the entrepreneurship kind of world where they had on this couple who retired when they were 31, or at least when one of them was 31. Um, and they live off of their index fund now that they invested in for years like three or four years and now they're retired but and they have a blog that kind of teaches you how to be financially independent it's called millennial millennial really good blog check it out really good but all this kind of stems from me going on their blog reading up on their stuff and then they kind of lay out year by year how they got to a million dollars and through like 
spreadsheets basically or graphs showing their expenditures and like how much they put in, how much they invested, how much they spent on rent, food, entertainment, vacation, etc. And my takeaway was, holy fuck, I can't do this because I live in New York. Me and my girlfriend combined don't make as much as them. They were uh, they were both web engineers, like front, I think front end engineers, maybe back end, but they were both engineers um, for websites at some whatever company. I think one was like a financial like bank kind of thing. I forget the other place, but they were obviously both pulling in probably low six figures ish or right around there yearly. And then they also lived, and to me, this was like, what the fuck? They were, I was looking at their rent charges, and it was originally $800 each. So they were paying like 1600 in rent for the first year or two. And then she, the, the female moved in with the, the wife or partner or whatever, moved in with the male. And then their rent was $800 for years combined, a month. Everything was listed monthly, by the way. Um... And I was like, what? $800? Who is living? And they were in like Toronto, I think, which is still a big city. But to me, when I saw that rent, I was like, okay, this isn't really that achievable if you live in New York City. So I was like, oh, shit, I need to get another income stream going on here, guys. I really do. So that's what initially sparked my interest to check out the digital marketing stuff. I'm not doing it. Um... It's just way too scammy for me. However, there's one new site. It's like the last thing I subscribe to that looks a little more proce- uh, promising because their business model is totally different than all these other business models. Um, I'm probably going to do a full episode on it later. That's the only time I'm not going to really like deep dive on it now. But it has to do with building out Google listing pages for small local businesses and making a commission on, on leads. It's kind of like a lead gen thing. But... uh I don't know enough about it yet. I'm still pretty new to looking at it, and uh, I have no real conclusion yet with it. Um, But at least the business model is different, and it actually helps somebody, supposedly, seemingly. We'll see. As opposed to just trying to, like, rip people off to buy some stupid ebook that costs 30 times more than it's worth. You know, at least there's something there. So... That's where I'm at with this. I read a blog off of a podcast, freaked me out, and now I decided to do this experiment. But overall, I would say most of these things, unless you can find a really good niche, I wouldn't pursue it because it's already oversaturated as a market, particularly affiliate marketing, but also all this click funnel stuff. So if you can bring some real valuable info to the table or a real valuable service, I think there's something to this. You probably can make money off this like click funnel email script strategy for sure. However, the idea and product matters. Selling crap ain't going to make you crap. And uh, listen to this other podcast with this guy like Brendan Mace. And then I went on his YouTube channel and I was like, oh my God, the shit he was doing. Like, all his videos were like, make how do you make $100 a day from Twitter? And it was basically going on that clickbank website i told you about setting getting your link figuring out a product that you can sell on twitter so like overcoming shyness some step-by-step bullshit psychology guide 
and then he would go to Twitter. He would type in shyness as a keyword and then go to the latest results and look for people who tweet about having to overcome their shyness and then give them this scammy link like I overcame my shyness too and then with some like bitly link I was like come on bro this is what you're stooping to to make money it was basically each one there was like a personal message like oh that sucks Jenny I used to be really shy too but then I used this thing and now I'm no longer shy here it is another bitly link and then he did it for smoking he's like oh he found some smoking product on clickbank found his affiliate link, turned it into a bit.ly link, and then looked for people under like the search terms, stop smoking, found people like, oh, I really need to quit smoking, just tweeting, using their Twitter account like their diary, basically. And he'd be like, oh, man, smoking's hard. It took me forever. And then I used this, and some bit.ly link. And I was just like, first of all, everyone in the comment section on YouTube was like, this doesn't work anymore. I'm just getting blocked right away by YouTube. And on top of it, it's like, really? This is how you want to make your money? Like, this is the scummiest thing you could possibly do legally, I think, to make money. Um, so, yeah, when it comes to the marketing world, you run into stuff like that and you just roll your eyes. But overall, I would say if you want to study one thing and if there is merit to any of this, the sales copy and the way they write their scripts out, there's something to it. There's real talent there or at least thought behind it. And uh, it's something that you should keep in mind if you do work on user experience or something, like sales copy versus experience copy or directional copy and the key differences. Uh, directional copy, it's about being short, precise, to the point, not overly wordy, and keeping in mind people generally look at a page for like one and a half seconds and make a decision on it. Um Sales copy, however, is different because people have already opted in, so you you can assume that you'll have more of their attention, therefore they're going to read more, and it's about building and crafting a narrative that explains the value of your product 100%. And then the third component to all this is SEO copy, because when it comes to getting your business listed high on Google, when it comes to your web pages, you need a lot more content. Keeping it short and sweet doesn't really work in the Google world. And then you need each of your features broken out into individual pages with its own H1 header. So it's funny. It's like sales and SEO, be long with your content. Directional copy, be short with your content. That's basically the rule um, I would say to prescribe to when it comes to building websites or anything like that. Particularly in the e-commerce sector where it's transactional. Build out as many pages as possible. Be long form in your content that tries to sell a person. Be short form in your content on how to direct someone to do something. All right. Just wanted to go over that with you guys. Um, I didn't go into this endeavor, this little curiosity pursuit for this podcast. I did it on my own, but I felt like it would make a good, like a a wrap up or a summary so far kind of episode for this podcast. Cause I feel like a lot of people see ads for these digital marketing pursuits and, probably assume it's all scummy or they might be curious and get tricked by one of these guys into buying some bullshit so i kind of just want to give you guys a quick lay of the land on this episode when stepping into the dark abyss that is home digital marketing and like home entrepreneurship through marketing 
uh, yeah, because the amount of ads you will get targeted towards you is endless. Um, so that's it. That's all I got this week. My throat's starting to hurt again because I'm talking too much. I gotta drink some tea and honey or something. Get my shit figured out. So hopefully next episode I come back with my stronger voice for you guys and uh, do the damn thing. All right. That's all I got, guys. Hope you guys have an awesome week. Thanks so much for listening. Um, You can follow us on the socials on Twitter or Instagram at NRS underscore show. And if you have any questions, you can email us at not rocket science show at gmail.com that is not rocket science show at gmail.com all right guys i'm out have a good one peace